You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. Let's pray as we open God's Word together this morning. Father God, we want to praise you again for the gift that your Word is to us. We thank you, Lord, that your Word shows us the ways that are best, the ways that are better. Your Word unpacks kingdom principles and truths that will be and are truly life-changing when we grab a hold of them. So this morning, God, as we explore, as we continue to explore the Sermon on the Mount, Lord, we pray that you would reveal great spiritual truths to us that would be transformative and that would help us to grow more and more in your likeness and to encourage others to pursue you all the more. So we pray this, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 8, Jesus makes this amazing statement. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be opened. At first glance, Jesus seems to be suggesting that all we need to do is ask God for anything in prayer and he will give it to us. You want a new car? Ask God in prayer and he will give it to you. You want good health? Maybe a ripped six-pack ready for the summer weather? Don't worry about any ab crunches. Ask God for that in prayer and he will give it to you. Want to be filthy rich? Have money to buy anything you could possibly desire. Just ask God. He will give it to you. Unfortunately, and this is really sad, many people over the world in Christian circles have bought into this complete lie. It's not at all true. Many people have been seduced by this kind of teaching, teaching that many prosperity preachers all over the world are promoting, as well as many popular word of faith teachers have been misleading people with this kind of name it and claim it theology, this idea that if you just speak out the thing that you want, God in some way is obliged to give it to you. This kind of false teaching, and that's what it is, it is false teaching. This kind of false teaching views our almighty, sovereign, all-powerful God as some kind of cosmic genie who's just waiting to grant us whatever wish we might desire when we ask him for it through prayer. And that is not the God we serve, is it? Let me be really clear this morning, if I haven't already been clear enough. Any teaching like this is false teaching, and it is a horrible distortion, a horribly distorted view of our almighty God to see him in this way. Jesus is not suggesting here in Matthew 7 that we will receive every single thing that we ask God for in prayer, but read in context, Jesus is saying something else altogether. What's he saying? Well, let's read the rest of this passage of Scripture. Let's read Matthew 7, 7 through 11 to find out. Jesus says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, 
And the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? What is Jesus actually saying here? If we ask, seek, and knock, God will give us good things. That's what Jesus is saying here. God will give us good things that he knows we actually need, that will actually be good for us. He won't give us his children. He won't give us serpents. He won't give us his children, stones. He will give us good things. And this is the key to asking or expecting to receive anything from God through prayer. We need to regularly be asking God for good things. For, in other words, we need to be asking God to give us or to bring about things in our lives that are actually good for us, that are in accordance, and this is key, with his will for our lives. John Piper, a pastor from the States, explained this super well in a message that he delivered many years ago. And here's what he said. Matthew 7 points away from the conclusion that ask and you will receive means ask and you will receive the very thing you ask for when you ask for it in the way you ask for it. It doesn't say that. And it doesn't mean that. If we take the passage as a whole, it says that when we ask and seek and knock, when we pray as needy children, looking away from our own resources to our trustworthy Heavenly Father, He will hear and He will give us good things. Sometimes just what we asked. Sometimes just when we ask it. Sometimes just the way we desire. And other times He gives us something better or at a time He knows is better or in a way He knows is better. And of course, this tests our faith. Because if we thought that something different were better, we would have asked for it in the first place. But we are not God. We are not infinitely strong or infinitely righteous or infinitely good or infinitely wise or infinitely loving. And therefore, it is a great mercy to us and to the world that we do not get all we ask. There are some seriously good insights in what John Piper shares right there. God will always give us good things. Sometimes the good things will be exactly what we asked for. Sometimes they will be given straight away when we ask for them. And sometimes they will come in the exact form or the exact way that we wanted them to be given. And other times, I would say from my experience, most of the time, God chooses to always give us something better and at a time he knows is better or in a way that he knows will be better for us. It's so important that we grasp and we reflect on this truth regularly as believers. God will not always give us everything that we want, everything that we ask for when we want it, but he will give us what is good, and is best for us when he chooses to. We can be sure of that. 
After all, God is our good, good Father who loves to give good gifts to us, his beloved children. We can be confident that he wants to give good gifts to each and every one of us. So what are some of these good gifts that God wants to give to all of us? In Luke's gospel, Luke describes one of God's good gifts as actually being the gift of Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 11 and verse 13. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now, Holy Spirit is a pretty good gift, if you ask me. Would you agree? What an amazing gift that we have been given by our awesome Father God in Holy Spirit residing in us and empowering us in life to live for God's glory. So good. And if we think about everything that Jesus has shared right up to this point in his Sermon on the Mount, we see plenty of other good gifts that our Father wants to see us develop or wants to see us receive straight from him. Good gifts like genuine blessedness, what it means to truly be blessed in the Beatitudes. God-given ability to move beyond the temporary trappings and temptations that are around us in this world so that we can actually invest our energies, invest our resources in storing up treasure where it really matters, treasure in heaven. Maybe it's freedom from sins that can so easily entangle us and lead us off track in this life, like hypocritical judging we looked at the other week, anger or lust. You know, you get the picture. You only have to look through the previous chapters, previous parts of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount to see good gift after good gift after good gift. And to take this a little bit deeper, if we think about the structure of Jesus' great sermon, and let's not kid ourselves, Jesus did not do anything without a great deal of intention. Every single thing he did was strategic and intentional. So if we think about the structure of his sermon on the mount, it's not surprising that right at this point, Jesus again emphasizes prayer. Why do I say this? Well, Jesus knew, Jesus foreknew that by this point in time, after hearing all about the high standards of his kingdom, that many of the people who were listening to him then and many of us who are listening to his words through our Bible today would likely feel pretty discouraged. Jesus knew that. And I've got to admit, until I took the time to actually study Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in more detail, that was my experience too. You know, I'd read Jesus' teaching about how his followers are to live in his kingdom, the the high standards, the, the ways of Jesus' kingdom, and I would feel depressed. I would feel deflated as I thought about my own actions, my own tendencies, and how far short I fell of God's when compared to God's standards. And as I did this, I kind of reflected on how, how often I act in really selfish ways, how often I act in really sinful ways that don't align at all with Jesus' kingdom and, and hurt people that I love and naturally didn't feel very good as I kind of put up the mirror 
of the Sermon of the Mount in comparison to me. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, in his great work, Studies on the Sermon on the Mount, he describes this common experience, and it is a common experience. Is it a common experience for you too, friends? He explains it really, really well. The result of all this, of looking at the sermon and all the standards and all the teaching, is that we feel utterly hopeless and helpless. We say, how can we live the Sermon on the Mount? How can anyone come up to such a standard? We need help and grace. Where can we get it? How can we live the Sermon on the Mount? We need help. We need grace. How can we get it? Right here in Matthew 7, Jesus provides us with the answer to our desperate heart cry for help. We can receive help and grace. We can and should expect in faith that God will give us good gifts in terms of help to develop kingdom character and priorities, but we will only receive help and grace if we humble ourselves and approach God humbly through prayer. That's why Jesus intentionally brought everything back to this section on prayer at this point in his sermon. Jesus knows how we are. He knows how we're so naturally wired to try and either do things on our own or just feel so overwhelmed when we look at things and compare them to how our lives, the reality of our lives. He knew, he knows how we are. And after sharing all these amazing things about his kingdom, Jesus reminds us about one of the most important spiritual truths that any of us could possibly know. We can't do a thing, but God can. We can't do a thing, but God can. We desperately need God's help to reflect the priorities of his kingdom in any shape or form. We need God's help to follow Jesus and to live as kingdom citizens, citizens, members of God's family in his kingdom. And we can receive help from God when we approach him through prayer. And praise God for this, I say, Jesus gives us really clear encouragement in how we should go about presenting our requests to God. We are, as this passage says, we are to seek, we are to, sorry, ask, seek and knock. In the original Greek, these words are not words that indicate a one-time action, but they're actually what you would call present tense imperatives, which is a very fancy phrase, but basically it means that when, when Jesus urges us to ask, to seek, and to knock, he's actually encouraging us to keep on asking or to be asking, to be seeking, to be knocking. How often have you been discouraged when your prayers weren't answered either immediately or in the way that you expected? I know I've been discouraged many times over the years. Well, Jesus is reminding all of us here that prayer often doesn't work in the way we expect it to. And Jesus is encouraging us that when we don't hear an answer straight away, 
Because often, I know this from experience, maybe you do too. We ask things and we don't get what we're seeking straight away. Jesus is encouraging us that when we don't get an answer straight away, or even after a very long time of praying faithfully, we shouldn't get discouraged. Rather, we should, as my study Bible puts it, persist in prayer, confident that our Father will provide whatever is best for us according to his sovereign, gracious will. When we persevere in prayer, we remain relationally connected with our Father in heaven. When we only offer isolated prayers, one-time prayers, we remain isolated from our Father in heaven. We only connect once and then that's it until next time. We're not going to feel that sense of closeness and intimacy with God, are we? Jesus is reminding us that prayer is central to our walk as Christians. He's reminding us that prayer is not a series of once-off, isolated events across the journey, but prayer is active, ongoing dialogue with our Heavenly Father who loves us and desires to know us and build relationship with us. I really like how one vicar in England explains what happens when we persist in prayer. He says this, God wants us to keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. And then as our relationship with God changes over that period of time and our intimacy with God grows deeper and we begin to ask for the things that God desires to give, then Jesus' words in verse 8 come true for us. Everyone who keeps on asking will receive. Anyone who keeps on seeking will find and the door will be opened to those who keep on knocking. This is so true. As we persist in prayer, as we keep on asking, as we keep on seeking, as we keep on knocking, we grow. We're changed. When we draw closer to God and depend on him more and more and more, slowly our hearts change and then our minds change and then our desires and our actions start to shift too. And before too long, we realize that the very desires of our hearts are beautifully aligned with God's desires for us, with the desires of his heart for us. And we are actually praying the kind of prayers that God loves to hear and he loves to answer. He loves to grant for his children. Prayers like these. Father God, please help me to stop hypocritically judging others. God, help me to not get caught up in living for money and the pleasures of this world. Help me to instead store up treasures in heaven. Oh God, so often I'm just struggling with lust. Will you help me, Jesus, to break this stronghold in my life? We can be confident that God will answer those kind of prayers if we present them to him. God will give us these good gifts and all we need to do is ask. I'm wondering today, friends, do you regularly seek God out through prayer? Do you actually ask him for good gifts, good gifts that he would desire to see in your life, displayed in your life, things that would be good for you and good for others and the extension 
of his kingdom. And when your prayers aren't answered right away, do you persevere in prayer? Do you keep on asking, seeking and knocking, knowing, knowing that you serve a God who longs to give good gifts, not only good gifts, the very best gifts to you, his precious child? Is that your experience when it comes to prayer? Well, whatever your experience of prayer up until this point right now, I want to pray that you would grow as a person of prayer. I'm going to be praying this prayer for myself. I'm going to be praying this prayer for every single one of us. We never make it when it comes to prayer. We can always go deeper with God. And so I want to close by praying that we would all grow up by becoming like little children who ask, seek, and knock and receive good gifts, the best gifts that we could ever possibly receive from our Father God as we remain active and persistent in prayer. Will you pray with me now? Father God, we just want to praise you that you love to give good gifts to your children. And we thank you, Jesus, that you invite us to ask, to seek, and to knock and request Put requests before you, knowing that you are a good God who loves to give good gifts to your children. So, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be people who would spend the time with you in prayer, just enjoying you, seeking you, inviting you to move in our hearts. And that as we do that, Lord, that our prayer lives would come alive, that you would grow us. And the very things that we ask you for would start to become the very things that you long to gift to us. So God, would you grow us as people of prayer and may we enjoy you all the more as we seek you not to even get anything, Lord, but just seek you to enjoy you. And then as we enjoy you, Lord, thank you that we can be confident that you will plant your character and cultivate these kingdom principles and priorities that we see all throughout Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in our lives for your glory, for the good of others, and also, and it's incredible, for our good too. So we thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness towards us. And we pray all of this confidently and boldly, knowing that you are a good, good father who loves to bless his children. So we thank you, Jesus. We love you and we want to seek you all the more in prayer. So we pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.